Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Today I have the privilege of hosting Eric Jimenez. He is the director of IT supporting 500 plus employees across 16 locations with 10 years of healthcare experience at Artesia General Hospital. Restructured and he has restructured and developed an award-winning IT department leading 16 technicians, support analysts, and clinical informatics. He led the project consolidating three EHRs, not an easy task, <laughs> into one enterprise wide EHR. He's developed and executed enterprise-wide disaster and new hyper-converged infrastructure. He's been named 100 community hospital CIOs to know in 2017, 18, and 19 by Becker's Hospital Review. He led the hospital to healthcare's most wired, small, and rural in 2017. Healthcare IT News Best IT Department in 2017, and he achieved HIMS Analytics EMRAM Stage 6, which is not at all easy to do. The hospital that he leads at is nestled between Roswell and Carlsbad, New Mexico, and they're doing incredible things in this area to add value to rural healthcare. There is no perfect box, as Eric and I discussed before we hit the record button here for you all today. And we're gonna talk about that philosophy to addressing rural care needs. And with that, wanna open the microphone to Eric. Welcome. Welcome, thank you. It's uh, very humbling to be here on your podcast on uh, Rocket Outcome. Well, listen, Eric, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm in your office, ma'am, and so we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're having a good discussion. I want to make sure that the folks know your why. So tell us a little bit about what got you into healthcare to begin with. So back in uh, 2016, or not 16, 2010, I was uh, in Dallas, and I saw an ad about uh, becoming a site director, you know, site consultant for um, hospitals. And I was like, for IT. And I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't happy with the job I was doing. And I was ready for a change. I took the ad, went into the uh, interview and met with the gentleman. And, you know, he kind of talked to me a little bit. And so I made a journey out to, well, pretty much I would consider it home, back home, because I wasn't uh, being in Dallas. We were there after I graduated college and worked in the tech sector from all the way from help desk, worked for major companies, school districts, and the, you know, my last portion of it was um, in web hosting. So I wanted to provide myself more meaning. And so I jumped on that job opportunity and it took me to a small community hospital called Guadalupe County mm -hmm. Hospital. And, and at Guadalupe County, you know, I've met one of the most incredible CIOs, I would to date have not. She's um, she is what pretty much kept me in rural America. Her name is Christina Compost, and she was the when I went in there, the facility that the hospital was in was aging. She was in the midst of building a brand new state of art facility, and you know she explained to me what that hospital meant to that community. That if they didn't build it, it would caused the community to pretty much die because that was the kind of lifeblood. And so she she sold me on a vision 
And so as a consultant, I was just like, oh, you know, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, you don't do that in those urban areas. You don't get that same visionary of, okay, hey, I want a state-of-the-art facility that can do all the, that can handle it. And so I was sold at that point. So I stayed there, helped her build a new um, campus for the facility. At the same time, I was absorbing and learning and getting everything from her about how a community is based, the hospital is based around the community and how that community, that hospital is there to serve. And she gave true servant leadership. And I was just like, how can I do that with technology? So as we were doing things, you know, it was just true leadership, how she handled the physicians how she handled the employees, everyone bought into the vision. And so that was like the main reason, and, you know, I want to say that yeah, I kind of owe it to her of my success going forward is just that, you know, and so mm-hmm. my time was ending as a contract was ending and I decided, hey, maybe I need to go find my own journey, go down my own path and see if I could make a change in rural healthcare. Hmm. Artesia came up. And so that was like my opportunity to dabble on my own and see if I could take that vision that she created and move it somewhere else. So that's how I ended up in the healthcare sector. You know, I've had plenty of times to leave, but, you know, I think just that drive of bringing change to something that I think it's great, you know, had to sell in a vision. I love the story. And, you know, it's a reminder to everybody listening that never underestimate the influence that your leadership has on your people. What vision are you painting? What vision are you drawing out for them? It matters in a big way. And then the ripple effect happens, just like Eric took his experience with his CIO, and now he's doing big things with what he's learned in in rural health. So today we're zooming in on rural health. And I'd love to hone in on what you believe, Eric, is an example of a couple things or one thing that you've done or your facility and your hospital system has done to improve healthcare in the rural areas. So, you know, I think what we've done here at Artesia, when I joined in 2014, you know, the, the employee base was around 200 employees. And now we've grown to about 500 employees. So that expansion has been huge. You know, a lot of it's due to, you know, we are located on the tip of the Permian Basin. So oil is the lifeblood of this community. Besides a football team, we, you know, we have one of the, and I will put a plug in for Artesia Bulldogs. They've won 30 state titles. So, I mean, it's like you have a great community base and a great football team. You can't live without without those two things. But, you know, I think what we did different, and I'm sure I'm going to get people upset because it's like, you know, one of those things that I don't, you don't talk about, but what we did different, we embarked on a project for the community that changed, that would kind of help us align. And that was, you know, we focused on the patient and our EMR, like uh, you stated earlier, there, you know, there's, we went, we had three different EMRs and we consolidated down to one EMR. And so we, we created this one record, one patient. So if you, you went to one of our clinics, you went to our ER, you went to the hospital setting, you had labs, you had radiology, it was in one record. You didn't have to, you know, when you needed a copy of records, you didn't have to go get, go talk to 
four different people. You just talk to one person. You get your full record at that point. So we built that mantra where other facilities were dealing with an outpatient EMR and an inpatient EMR. We we stuck with just one EMR. And, you know, I'm gonna I'm not going to say it was easy. I'm not going to say it was the easiest project, but, you know, there was a lot of roadblocks. And I mean, a lot, but we built the foundation of population health within that EMR. Well, I think that's critical. And uh, it's those tough things that allow us to make the biggest impact. And what's an example of, of something that maybe didn't go right, a setback? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know there's probably a lot of them, but... Well, you know, there, there's a lot. I mean, I mean, you, yeah, you don't, you can't. And tell us uh, what you learned. Tell us what you learned. Yeah, I don't want to leave it yeah. on failure, you know. If you don't fail, you will never succeed. You know, that's one of my personal mantras that I always look at. You know, you always have to make mistakes to learn from them. And I think it goes back to that EMR project. And what that project opened up for me was it personally was a, a failure. Yet we provided this product. We didn't do it right. The project was per se a IT driven project, even though it should have been a bigger hospital driven project. So a lot of the weight was buried on my team. It took a toll on my team. And at that time we, we you know, we had six people and we, we were doing a lot. You know, we replaced the we consolidated an EMR, we replaced our PAC system, we installed PIXIS, you know, we did a lot of uh, infrastructure upgrades, you know, we, we did a lot. And I think what came out of it was the failure was my leadership skill. I lost the pathway and I lost the site. Upper management wasn't happy. And so it took a failure like that to really open my eyes to see I needed to change my leadership skills. So I could give you the example of, you know, the day, you know, I, I call it D-Day for me. Because that's a day that changed my life. You know, I, I was pulled in to the, my boss's office and there's the HR director. And I knew right then and there that I was going to get let go. But something, my boss gave me a chance. He saw something in me. And, you know, and I know where the failure was. I lost the vision. I lost that vision that Ms. Campos told me, you have to focus on the community. And for me, I wasn't focused. I was focused on other priorities. And so I had a realigned one of my favorite authors is Simon Sinek. And I found that book right after that day that I got my write up and I found that book and I sat there, read it, then I listened to the audible and that kind of started the, that, you know, that was a catalyst that changed everything. And at that point I knew it didn't have my why, didn't have that vision. And so that's what started the major changes. I started the vision and then I created the vision within my department of we're here to serve. We're here to serve the community and our communities are patients, our doctors, our end users. Those are our communities. And if they're not successful, we're not successful. And so that's what drove the change in our department. We started focusing on the true why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the lesson that I learned is to this day, when I feel that things are not working right, I refocus and I sit there and I got to remember why I do the things I do and how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to, you know, execute it and what we're here for. And so I had to build a safety net with my team. You know, they're going to make mistakes. And, you know, my leadership skills in the past was I didn't do it right. How the best way to explain it, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't great. And so we built that change. And so 
what we've done here at Artesia, you know, we focused on it. And so we drill lined and we listened to our, our peers and our, we listened to our providers and we sat, came back and we worked hard and we would go back and say, okay, hey, are we doing this right? And they would say yes. And then we move on to the next thing. And then, you know, and they said, no, we're not doing it right. So then we would go back to the drawing board and then we come back and say, hey, are we doing it right? And so we listened, you know, we sat there and we try to do the best and, and try to make sure that IT isn't a hindrance. And so, you know, I think the future, I think that's what plays an importance. And I think you asked about the lesson to learn, never lose your focus, never lose your why. Well, the good saying goes, without a vision, people perish. And I, <laughs> I truly believe that. And as it relates to companies, yeah, I mean, without a vision, people will go. People will find a company that has a vision or a leader that has a vision. It's imperative. And Eric, thanks for sharing your very personal story. We all have a story like that and uh, it takes courage to share, but I'm thrilled to hear that you took it as that D-Day moment, as you called it, and you turned it around. And so I want to give you major kudos for that. Now you're fast forward to today. What would you say is your proudest leadership experience to date? I would say the people I work with, you know, my team, I think, you know, we, we built a circle of safety. We make mistakes, we fix them we do things. And I think, you know, the accolades speak for themselves over the past years. Those awards weren't because of my, because of me, you know, and I've always thought it was, but it was because the team that I built and the team that we've created from just that vision, I think that's my biggest leadership skills. And, you know, my understanding that is, is hard because, you know, people ask me as well, you got a big IT department. I'm like, well, it's not really an IT department. We're change makers. We're innovators. We find your problem. You tell us a problem, we'll find your solution one way or another. We dabble in a lot of things. And so I think that's the moment, you know, when people from my team go to other parts of the hospital and become directors, you know, and become leaders. That is my proudest moment. Just the mentoring that, you know, bringing people from where they're at to becoming leaders. Yeah. And Eric, I, I think it's a great uh, example. You know, the you guys aren't an IT department, you're change makers. And, uh, you know, like when you said that, I'm like, hey, how about me? I, I want to be a change maker too. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? like, and, I, and I think that's what a lot of, lot of rural IT departments and rural CIOs need to do is they need to look at their IT departments and they need to innovate. They need to look at how they could cut costs with technology. And it's there. There's a lot of things out there that can help improve the bottom line. Yeah. And the, the call out there is, folks, Eric started off by talking about the importance of starting with why, that vision. And then the extension of that vision is the creation of a group identity. And, uh, you know, whether it be a change maker mentality or with my my team, it started off as a theme. We called ourselves the dream team. Soon enough, the entire company started calling us the dream team. And now we're the dream team, right? Like that kind of stuff sticks and you want to be part of it. And Eric's really just providing a great framework for us to think about leadership and in not just leadership, but impactful, inspiring leadership. Eric, if you had to define the most uh, exciting project you're working on today, what is it? <laughs> So I'm going to show the geekiness of me right now. So Geek right out, now baby. we are, yeah, we are in the process of bringing in 
artificial intelligence into our cybersecurity. We're partnering with Darktrace. We've had, we're in rural America. I can't get people out here to do the things I need them to do. And so yeah. I need to have technology that can leverage that ability. And, you know, you look at, oh, can I outsource it? Sure, I could go ahead and outsource it to someone else. But again, what happens if they're sleeping on the job? Who's going to get blamed? It's always going to be me that's going to come down to the bottom line. And so what we did is, you know, we, we looked at, we weighed out the risk and everything. And so I'm big about building people and building education. And so I said, hey, I'm, we're going to take a risk and we are going to jump and take a risk on bringing in cybersecurity and artificial intelligence and bringing the first part of artificial intelligence here. And so that's kind of what, you know, we've done. That's kind of my project that I'm working on right now. That's been my main focus is, is that, is that, okay, how can I, our cybersecurity team, which is two people, by adding this piece of technology, we now became possibly 10 people because now it's sitting there monitoring our network and does the things it does because it learns and it picks up what it does and, you know, and alerts us when things happen. And so we're not sitting there. That was always the thing that kept me up at night is what's going on in my network. And so that's a big thing for us is you would never think in rural America, there would be artificial intelligence building on that. And so I think that's a big step for us. And I mean, that's again, it goes back to showing your vision. And again, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do what I do without the leadership here going with my vision and building that. So I praise them for allowing me to do that. And, you know, I, I can't, I'm grateful for the things I have. Well, you know what? I think it's uh, outstanding that you guys are making these steps where you guys are. So kudos to you, my friend. So you've shared some, some valuable tips on, on leadership, on philosophy, it's time for the lightning round. So I got a couple questions for you, followed by the questions of book that you recommend, and then we'll say goodbye. Are you ready for it? All right. Let's All right. Go for it. <laughs> Let's do it. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? A partnership. There's a partnership. Patients have to be in the know and be partners with their providers. I think, you know, it's always we're a reactive country. We only go to the doctor when we're sick. We need a start changing that mindset. That mindset isn't going to get changed without a partnership with the healthcare provider in your area guiding you down that way. So that plays a huge factor. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Forgetting your why. I think, you know, the vision, you losing that part, I think that's your biggest pitfall. And, you know, the other, I would, I would say two, empathy and forgetting your why. And empathy is sometimes we don't listen good enough. We listen to what we want to do. And sometimes sitting back and listening will change and providing empathy to that patient, to that end user, to that provider, listening to them and, and saying, okay, yes, I see your pain points. And let's, let's tackle this together. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? You know, I think the biggest thing is education. I think, you know, the it goes back to understanding the government regulations that are coming down. I think, and it's not one person. I think you have to be a community and a well-oiled machine to be able to know that because I can't know everything, but if there's five other people that are doing the 
looking for stuff and we come together and we talk, that community can help each other. And finally, what would you say is the one area of focus that drives everything in your work? I think communication. I think that's, that. like I said, it's lateral, it's up and down. Communication is a big factor. If I'm not communicating, my team doesn't know what I'm thinking and I shouldn't explain my logic and why I did the decisions that I did. You know, that's full transparency. I don't have to tell them I'm going to make the decision. I got to tell them why I made the decision. And I think that plays a, a big factor on it. What's your favorite book? <laughs> you know, that's a, that I, I said that it's Simon Sinek. Start with the why. I think any book right now, there's two books that he, two major books that Simon Sinek start with the why and leaders eat last. I think, you know, I, I pretty much destroyed the book because I'm flipping, reading it. You know, <laughs> and like every day there's something that I have to go back and think, okay, I remember that, you know, and I think that plays a, a huge factor. I think, you know, it's just that, I think the best way to explain it, that, that it was just that changing moment for me. I think anyone out there, I would recommend them if they have it. So those are good books to read. Thanks for those recommendations, Eric. Uh, great ones. Outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, type in Eric Jimenez, and you'll find a full transcript of today's interview, as well as links to those books, the short notes, and everything you want around this podcast. Eric, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just uh, share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you. Closing thoughts is understand what you're doing. Leave it better the way you found it. I think those are the, the main things. I have a, as you walk out our office on the door, it says, leave it better than you, what you found it. You know, just don't leave it a mess. You know, it's your legacy that you're leaving behind. And I think that plays a, an important factor for a leader is to, it's your legacy. It's who you are. So do it right and do it efficient. And, you know, where you could find me is on LinkedIn. I usually post stuff on there about leadership, books I'm reading, articles that I, I find. So, Outstanding. Well, folks, there you have it. Find Eric Jimenez in, on LinkedIn and connect with them. But uh, yeah, Eric, just want to give you a big thanks for sharing your thoughts, philosophies on rural health care and uh, leadership. Uh, can't wait to connect with you again. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.